Russian collusion music there. It seems that uh, the powers that be don't like what we have to say, so we're going to start all over again, and we're going to keep doing this until everyone can see exactly what needs to be said. Because revisiting things with fresh eyes is like watching a movie 10 years later and saying, holy shit, how did I miss that? So let's start this again <laughs> to where it dropped, and I've paused it and put it there, and... Um, what I did, there it is. So let's uh, start it right where our president was talking about the phone call and how, let's just pick up where we left off, you guys. Uh, this is um, pretty interesting. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Down a conversation that was totally different from the conversation I actually had. And by the way, the inspector general, he went by the whistleblower. He didn't want to see the conversation that I had. When he saw the conversation that I had, he said, well, that bears no resemblance to what the whistleblower said. Why did he look first before he ran to Congress? According to sources, recently fired inspector general of the State Department, Steve Linick, was a major source of the leaks and likely colluded with former Inspector General Michael Atkinson to create the appearance of a whistleblower to act as cover for a wiretap, aka NSA over collection problem. Used to spy on both candidate, now President Trump, his campaign and staff. Are you listening, Storch? I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. So what did President Trump need to do in order to finally go after the swamp? That's right. He had to start firing all the Obama-appointed inspector generals. They stand in the way of the rank and file from being able to report evidence of waste, fraud, and abuse the legal way for Trump to drain the swamp. This is a representative government, not a dictatorship. My administration has been working to reverse this federal power grab and give power back to families, cities, states, give power back to localities. Huh. He told you that over, over, over two years ago. He told you that. Yet everyone was sitting there waiting for some knight in shining whatever or a SEAL team to just come in. Right? He told you that. He was telling you what you need to do, and you sat there. Now everyone can do things in their own capacity. Some people don't mind being maimed. Other people don't mind being locked up. Other people don't mind putting out the truth. Other people don't mind being attacked. Other people pray. Other people fund those that go out there and do things. We fund the lawyers. We fund the investigations. We, we're funding the audits. This is what 
what we need to be doing. He said, and, and other people are going down to their local communities and doing exactly what the president said to do. Take that shit back. They want to sequester the power in D.C. to these swamp creatures. Take it back. We've been talking about this for years. And so the question you must ask yourself is, this was already out there. Why didn't the people that supposedly love this country, why are the people that supposedly were telling you all, who the fuck are you decoding? Why didn't they tell you this? Ah. I guess it goes back to the whole thing. We had to show you. Because unfortunately, everyone likes this illusionary truth. Their own version of truth. These corrupt inspector generals provided a vector for the Russia collusion hoax, the bogus impeachment, and, spoiler alert, the up-and-coming impeachment of Trump. We're going to have to push back in the Congress. We're going to have to continue our vigorous oversight. Uh, we're going to have to make sure that we get answers in terms of foreign interference in the election and that we get answers in terms of the uh, coronavirus uh, and what we know about that. What did he know and when did he know it? That's for an after-action review. Supposedly mishandling the pandemic and the likely impeachment of Attorney General William Barr for exposing the Russia collusion hoax. Many U.S. Democrats are ramping up efforts to impeach Attorney General William Barr after the Justice Department intervened in the Roger Stone case. Growing calls for Attorney General William Barr's resignation. This comes after Barr ordered a review in the criminal case of President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. Again, here we go with shenanigans so you can think that someone is on your side. I mean, why would William Barr throw cover for Stone? Flynn, I get, but why Stone? These are questions you should all ask yourself. You should say, well, there were improprieties, and he had to, correct. He likes to do things by the book. One thing Attorney General Barr doesn't do is move goalposts in his official positions. In his unofficial positions, as Bush Sr.'s right-hand man there were no goalposts. To really understand the subtleties of this problem, we need to revisit Edward Snowden. Regardless of your take on Snowden, his whistleblowing actually created serious problems for the future of whistleblowing. According to sources closely connected to this subject, under John Brennan's direction, Snowden created a data bridge from the NSA database into private servers controlled by private intelligence and cybersecurity contractors, aka the Analysis Corporation, Global Strategies Group, and all their nested shell contracting corporations. A lot of this is done in a very hidden way. It's a very murky world. We had to sift through a lot of corporate records to find this corporate structure to figure out that Global Strategies Group, for example, is uh, registered registered in Luxembourg, not in England. Uh, there are subsidiaries of subsidiaries. Some of these companies are spun out, go public, go private again. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of them, and therefore they're easily lost in the shuffle. That might be an advantage, right, if you're in the intelligence mm -hmm. game. John Brennan, prior to becoming Obama's CIA director, helped set up these series of shell corporations of private intelligence and cybersecurities companies that once he was CIA director could gain access to secure and illicit data bridge from U.S. intelligence agencies 
databases, thereby twinning the stream of data from the NSA into private offshore servers located in Luxembourg and elsewhere. In essence, I was actually employed by a company out in Luxembourg, not the U.S. tax side or Stanley Inc. or any of them. It's just that there had to be an agreement in place because they were U.S.-based. And so all operations were done outside of the United States. What Snowden's actions did was kick off on the federal level justification for spying on U.S. citizens, including the Senate and Congress. President Obama still has confidence in CIA Director John Brennan. He was forced to admit Thursday that the agency spied on Senate staff members. There was an obligation on the part of CIA officers who had responsibility for the security of that network to investigate, to see what might have been the reason for that access that the Senate staffers had to that document. And the reality is those computers, in effect, belonged to the CIA, but they were reserved exclusively for the committee's use. In the name of preventing Americans with classified and top secret clearances from being able to repeat Snowden's actions. This is the annual threat assessment, is it not? Yes. AKA whistleblowers. Talk about a serious cart before the horse operation. Thus, Clearforce was born. What is Clearforce? What I was tasked with was um, converting the Force Psychological Operations Group from dropping flyers from planes to a more uh, uh, social media, social media psychological warfare uh, capabilities. According to Patrick Berge, the pioneer of the psychological warfare program known publicly as the Shadow Net, in 2013, following the Edward Snowden leaking of classified information, components of the Shadow Net and its ISI relational social media profile database were used in the development of a new application, Clearforce, by adding real-time social media, criminal, financial, medical, travel, and other personal identifiable information, then analyzing it using artificial intelligence. The Clearforce application then creates predictive behavioral profiles of their targets to determine if they are likely to steal or leak classified information. The Clearforce application was turned into the Clearforce Corporation and opened to the public on or around December 2016. According to Tory, a former contractor for John Brennan's The Analysis Corporation, the twinned stream of data Snowden set up for Brennan from the NSA and other agency servers into offshore private intelligence and cybersecurity servers is what provides the personal identifiable information for Clearforce. Retired General James Jones, the former National Security Advisor under President Obama, and retired General Michael Hayden, former director of the CIA under Obama, are not only board members of Clearforce, but they are simultaneously key advisors for Wikistrat. According to sources, with the help of insiders, Wikistrat was able to piggyback WikiLeaks servers. This is how they were able to go after whistleblowers that leaked information to WikiLeaks and ultimately go after Julian Assange.
With all of this corrupted restructuring in place and with deep state operatives appointed by the Obama administration as the inspector generals of key intelligence and law enforcement agencies, the swamp had secured their ability to control leaks, blackmail, and potential whistleblowers from compromising their illicit command and control of the back channels of the United States government. Thus, President Trump has been in a little-known battle over the various inspector general offices. According to sources, this is the front lines of the battle between the Trump administration and the D.C. swamp. Besides not filling an unprecedented number, inspector general appointments have over a dozen vacancies and others without permanent appointments, according to whistleblowers in waiting. Trump will have to purge all of these bastards, including you, Storch and Horowitz. Since ClearForce is contracted by the federal government to provide security clearance background checks and monitoring of all electronic activities of federal employees, and with the Obama holdovers occupying key inspector general positions, even if Trump makes key appointments to help drain the swamp, ClearForce and Brennan's Luxembourg outfits can keep the swamp one step ahead. The Senate should... So as we told you a long time ago, uh, this was always a problem. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people with very good intentions that flank our president, that tell our president, hey, we can help you. We know. Look at me. I used to be X, Y, Z. Look at me. I know X, Y, Z. Look at me. This. They use the titles and tiaras and they push it and they're becoming the problem. They're not helping purge the swamp. They're giving cover to them. Now, that could be knowingly and willingly or unknowingly and unwillingly, but they're still freaking doing it because that is the problem that we have right now. People want to play titles and tiaras. People want to play the hero. And it is so unfortunate, so unfortunate that our voice is now almost breaking that fabric. Almost. It's not there yet. Almost. It's almost there. We need to pierce through. And this, so many trials and errors, I tell you, this was the only way. And it's, you know, you get very impatient when you realize that you're repeating the same thing. You know, have you ever seen those movies where a guy lost his girlfriend? You know, maybe we could watch that for movie night. It's pretty lame, but it gives you the idea of of my struggle. But there was this guy in the movie that had a time machine and he broke up with his girlfriend and he wanted to go back and make it better. But every single time he was doing it, he was repeating the same thing. He didn't understand where the problem was, right? He just kept going. And then he realized that it was having faith in certain things and stop trying to control things and giving power uh, to his actions in a different way, help the situation. So in essence, my Groundhog Day right now is constantly, you know, let's pretend, let's allegedly pretend, say, that in another trial run, uh, instead of going to school and um, infiltrating the medical community for what's coming, I um, infiltrated the media community 
under guys. And they thought that I was working for them. And I was your Jack Posobiec. And I, this is just hypothetically, just I'm just ranting there. And I did that. In the end, oh, everyone called me out. And you know, no one believed me after that because I had escalated so high. In another version, um, it was going out and giving the information to every single one of them. I was, I turned up dead, uh, you know, hanging out at Congress, busting in and throwing in flyers. I mean, you name it, it's probably been tried. The only hypothetical that I had it tried was, you know, hypothetically speaking, right, if I was writing that movie, right? was, well, what if I educated the masses and the masses could see it? So that started, but it kept going pear-shaped. So instead of trying to fight it, I let the powers that be uh, with faith um, assist, right? This is like a scenario, I guess, for the movie. And the moral of the story is just pray. And then all the people, instead of you chasing them, they come to you. So I kind of um, and I'm really strong on that because I'll tell you what, I never reached out to Millie. I never reached out to Gavin. They came to me. I never reached out to the radio show. They came to me. I never reached out. I never reached out. They came. The right avenues came. So um, I just say sometimes if you have faith that things will fall into place the way they should, it works out. And Unfortunately, uh, at this moment today, on the 16th of June, 2021, we're having a push from the other side, taking movements that had never been done. And so this is very important that we, as the people, start pushing our voices harder, make ourselves seen more make ourselves more present, make ourselves louder, right? We've taken over a couple of channels, the people have, and that's Telegram, that's number one. I mean, all of you have taken over it. Uh, you've taken over certain channels, you're posting, you're commenting, you're commenting on different things. You're starting to realize yourself every time you comment somewhere and they don't like what you have to say, they delete it, right? You have to be paying attention. Some of them are not done by the content creators, but some of them are done willing, knowingly and willingly. So now you're starting to see who didn't want you looking at any of this information. And again, I know you're going to be like, what the, about 90% of them are doing it for self-preservation and making money, right? Because their goal and their motivator is not the people. It's key here. It's key here. So just listen to this part now. Should either fulfill its duty and vote on my nominees or it should formally adjourn so that I can make recess appointments. But every block, every week, they put up roadblocks. Whether it's Russia, 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 or whether it's impeachment hoax, or whatever it may be, it's always roadblocks and a waste of time. And we don't want to play any more political games. I've been waiting for two and a half years, three years for some of these people. And they're great people. They left law firms. They left jobs. They gave up everything to do it. And they've been waiting for three years, two and a half years, two years, one year to get approved. It's ridiculous. And everyone knows they're going to be approved. 
But there's only so many hours in the day when you go through judges and you go through lengthy hearings on judges that they know should be approved immediately and they could do it in one session, one and they could do it in one hour. And instead, it takes them many days. So Trump had to purge. On April 3rd, 2020, President Trump fired Michael Atkinson, the intelligence community inspector general. He was fired for taking fake whistleblower complaints to Congress, which initiated the bogus impeachment by the House Democrats. Remember Atkinson retroactively changed the rules so that they could accept the whistleblower report given it wasn't firsthand information? On April 7th, 2020, President Trump removed Glenn Fine, the then acting inspector general of the Defense Department, to keep him from chairing the congressionally mandated Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. He was assigned to oversee $2 trillion for the pandemic. You don't think this was to keep President Trump from defunding the WHO without facing impeachment, do you? On May 1st, President Trump fired Christy Grimm, who wrote a report claiming the Trump administration didn't supply enough medical supplies and caused unnecessary delays in tests at hospitals based on outdated, inaccurate information. She also leaked a politically motivated whistleblower report to the media, rather than acting on it in her official capacity, knowing it had no merit. Did I hear the word Inspector General? Really? Give me the name of the Inspector General. Uh, could politics be entered into that? Hello, I'm Steve Linick, the Inspector General for the U.S. Department of State and the U.S. Agency for Global Media. And the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Well, breaking news tonight, the State Department's Inspector General, Steve Linick, giving congressional staffers a packet of months-old news stories on Ukraine during his urgent briefing today about democratic ties to Ukraine. You know, this is starting to get better and better, isn't it? In this case, I recommend it to the president that Steve Linick be terminated. On May 15th, 2020, President Trump fired Steve Linick, the inspector general of the State Department. He worked with Democrats to provide State Department aficionada to act as witnesses against Trump during the impeachment not to mention his alleged kickbacks from Benghazi and overseeing all of the U.S. government corruption involved in Ukraine, such as laundered U.S. aid money doing nothing to stop any of it. At any time during your investigation, did you see evidence of Clinton staff knowing that her server, the server, was unsecure, yet they still sent sensitive evidence? kickbacks from Benghazi and overseeing all of the U.S. government corruption involved in Ukraine, such as laundered U.S. aid money. So as you could see, before the Hunter Biden laptop was news, we were telling you about the Hunter Biden laptop. We were telling you, as you can see on your screen, we're showing you snapshots of Hunter Biden's foreign deals. We were telling you. We were telling you, but we couldn't tell you in the normal means, right? Couldn't put it out there because it was hijacked. Money doing nothing to stop any of it? At any time during your investigation, did you see evidence of Clinton staff knowing that her server, the server, was unsecure, yet they still sent sensitive information over it? We know from the records that we were not able to interview 
a number of folks, but we know from email records that there was discussions about the server. Whether they knew it was secure or unsecure, I, I, I don't have any evidence uh, uh, about that. No evidence about it. What? You guys thought this could all happen overnight? Or that it was all about Hillary Clinton? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. That's unclear. So I, I don't have an answer to that question because I don't know. I mean, well, I... I Let me tell you about the Steve Linick issue. I wrote an article about it. You should read it. So what happened was in uh, when this investigation about these alleged emails was happening, right? He actually created the OIG State Department server uh, to be separate from the State Department. That way he could have secrets. They asked him to turn over her emails during the whole Benghazi thing, during everything. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Uh, but he was filtering through her documentation and providing them in allotments as he could. Right. And it's like, wait a minute, we didn't ask you to selectively give it to Congress. You were just supposed to give it. But instead, he decided, even though Congress has the highest of clearance. Right. He decided he's not going to because, oh, we have server problems. Oh, yeah, we're go we're getting to it. But first, give me money so I can bury her shit. And that's what he asked Congress to do. Read my article on TorySays.com. Go to the little search bar on the right side. Type in the word Linux. And you will see it. It tells you everything you need to know. I don't know. It's, it's, I can't tell you. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're fired. Get out of here. Right? Right? So this clears the way for President Trump to appoint new inspector generals to actually conduct oversight. He is finally moments away from being able to successfully drain the swamp. Get ready, because in my next report, we are going to unmask masters of sock puppets, making it hard to see what's actually going on. Stay tuned. Now, the president didn't get to appoint these inspector generals, and you want to know why, right? Because the people around him didn't let him do it. Now, I'm going to share a video that I found online uh, that was very interesting, I'm going to tell you straight out, the guy that actually put the video together, foreigner. And I can even tell you, ah, I don't know the person. I don't. If I did, I would tell you that I knew. I don't know the person. But what I can tell you is the guy's Greek. I can tell from the accent. So this is incredible to see that the movement has gone beyond borders, beyond borders, and allowing people from all over the world, like we've said before, the world is definitely watching. And uh, I have mentioned that the GCHQ is where you share offices. This is where Gina Haspel was. This is where I was. Okay. And I think you guys are going to find this little tidbit very, very interesting. Please enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Spy Collection Digital Edition. I'm Anastasius, and the digital artifact of this video is going to be a rare slide deck that Edward Snowden leaked in 2014 from the United Kingdom's main signals intelligence agency, the GCAQ. This presentation has no dates on it, but based on the content, we can assess that it was from 2012, and it aligns with a couple of facts from that time. 
for example, in 2011 to 2012, there was a major increase in social media use globally. And among the countries that were starting to use them, it was also countries like Syria and Libya that had their first signs of armed conflict. Apart from not having any dates, this slide deck also doesn't have any meeting notes. For this reason, I will be making a lot of assumptions based on the slides on what the content might be about. If you think that I missed something or I was going to the wrong direction, please let me know in the comments. GCHQ had a group responsible for researching new methods can I just mention that after Millennial Millie actually did the report based on my information about Global Strategies Group, where she put it out, you do know that GCHQ pulled their website down, right? Because they knew, damn, Tori still has keys to the damn freaking everything. So they took down their website, their website, GCHQ took down their website, but yet people are going to sit there and tell you, I don't know what I'm talking about. They took down their website after Shadowgate, all the military industrial complex took down their website. Don't worry about it. We've got it all indexed. Okay. See, this is the problem. People don't seem to realize just how much information is already in the possession of really good people. And while <laughs> many might say, well, uh, GCHQ, it's like the equivalent of the CIA taking down their weather, CIA cyber division taking down their website after a report, some nobody does, right? Nobody. Uh, Millie is just info wars. Tori's just a nobody. She's just like, she's a, she's getting sued by the attorney general. Yeah, because he's a freaking limp-wristed idiot that allows human trafficking and drug trafficking to go through a state. He owns every single person there. I've made all that shit public record. But, you know, they're going to tell me I'm a shill. They're going to say she took money. No, she didn't. Look at it. It's just telling me that I didn't offer information I didn't have. So if people actually read the fucking case rather than listen to hearsay, they would see that they are attacking the person that is trying to help. This is important. And again, I remind you, GCHQ took their website down and Millie in another report actually showed that to you. They took, oh, it's no big deal. Our report was nothing. That's why Global Strategies Group tore down their website and changed it. That's why Damazian tore down their website and changed it. That's why GCHQ tore down the website and changed it. This is why the CIA revamped theirs too. Stop. Pay attention, please. It's important. Methods for intelligence gathering on threats to the UK government. That group was known as JTRIG, which stands for Joint Threat Research Intelligence Group. As its name implies, this group was a joint effort from various divisions and departments and one of them was GCHQ's HSOC division. HSOC stands for Human Science Operations Cell and its mission was to utilize human sciences for intelligence purposes. This is important to understand since the presentation we're seeing here was performed by the head of human science of HSOC in JTR. Okay. This GCHQ employee was presenting because those that are watching the podcast probably missed it because they can't see it. And probably you that has seen it, you're so desensitized, you miss it. 
Listen to this and I'll pause it on the screen that you need to pay attention to. Intelligence Group. As its name implies, this group was a joint effort from various divisions and departments and one of them was GCHQ's HSOC division. HSOC stands for Human Science Operations Cell and its mission was to utilize human sciences for intelligence purposes. This is important to understand since the presentation... What does it say there? What does it say on your screen? I'll wait before I read it out. What does it say on your freaking screen, you guys? There you go. It says Keystone. 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 Are you paying attention? Keystone. Yet everybody else out there knows who the fuck they're decoding. Pay attention. Keystone. We're seeing here was performed by the head of human science of HSOC in JTRIG. This GCHQ employee was presenting a new training program developed jointly by the JTRIG and HSOC. Just like in all of the previous videos, I have reconstructed the slide deck so that it's easier to navigate. So let's go there. And this is the reconstructed slide deck for this presentation. I tried to make it as identical as possible, including any typos or mistakes that were in the original slide deck. The title is The Art of Deception, Training for a New Generation of Online Covert Operations. And in terms of classifications, we see that according to the UK government, it is classified as secret, which stands for information whose side effects may be life-threatening, disruptive to public order, or detrimental to diplomatic relations with friendly nations. The second classification qualifier that we have is the SI, or Signals Intelligence, and it tells us that the information of this presentation is related to Signals Intelligence. Finally, the last qualifier is the release to USA and the Five Eyes. Five Eyes is an intelligence sharing agreement between five nation states, the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. And this qualifier explains that this slide deck was available for release to those five nations. In the next slide, we have the HSOC. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that was a division of GCHQ. And with the available information that we have today, we know that HSOC was employing human scientists, such as psychologists, anthropologists, etc. And they were trying to... Like Lieutenant Scott Bennett, who went to jail for leaking exploit their knowledge and skills for more effective methods of intelligence activities on the signals intelligence side and this presentation is a great example of that although this presentation was done by the head of HSOC it was done as part of the JTRIG the joint third research intelligence group and it is divided in three strands the online human intelligence the strategic influence operations and the disruption and computer network attack operations. If we dive more into HSOC and what they are doing, they have this very nice overview that goes through the different disciplines that HSOC provides to the GCHQ. For example, here we see that HSOC was mentioning that they have experts in anthropology, which is the science of studying what makes us humans. Also sociology, the study of social life, psychology, or how people behave, think, and feel. Economics, which is the science concerned with the production, distribution, and consumption of goods and services. Biology, or how living organisms work. 
political science, which of course studying everything that comprises politics, history, which is self-explanatory, and all of those combined are areas of expertise of HSOC, and what they allow is understanding of the culture, the ethnography of the target populations, they allow deception, or as some people might perceive it, magic, influencing the target populations, and of course, psychology can provide insights into the personality, help build trust and elicit information. So all these years, right? All these years, they created this cult mentality to tell you what we've been all these years lying. And, you know, I haven't even told you more than 12, 13, maybe actually 12.5% of what's really out there. And so hats off to this guy who put this together. Hats off to this guy, like who put this together because you need to see exactly what is there. Ah, so you saw Keystone, right? Ah, but you also saw what else on the Keystone. <laughs> Was that a hard SD high capacity picture that Millie showed you? If you took it there, first of all, let me say, I am not the one to sit around and be played. Just saying, just saying. Those sciences also allow you to understand the beliefs and religions. Biology can give insights from the perspective of neuroscience and evolutionary biology. The political science can show what are the global trends. Historically, what were the key leaders that have to be engaged to achieve a goal? And if you combine all of that, especially in the sociology space, you can see what are the social networks, how people interact with each other. And that can allow an expert in intelligence to achieve compliance and obedience to that audience. Now, I had written an article. Let me see if I can find it so I can share it uh, in regards to the sock puppets and how they, uh, how DARPA, <laughs> so funny that now it's coming into talk. That was a really old article. And guys, I may be tapping you on, uh, uh, on Telegram to find me some articles that are dead. Um, give me a second. Let me find this. Um, search DARPA on my site. It should come up. Let me see. Um, expose Pentagon funded digital weapons. Um, oh, wow. Archive shows from 2019. MK Ultra, racist, sexist, Silicon Valley, now thought police, Politico, another deep state harlot. Oh, there we go. I think it's the article that says Jack Dorsey lied to Congress under oath, and here's why. Um, and Orwellian Warfare, please tell me that article is alive. Let me just switch to that screen for a second, you guys, so I can show it to you. Um, it's it's really hard. Oh, I, I know a lot of you are talking about this um, uh, side thing that pops up. Uh, the reason that it's there 
right here, you can close it with an X, is because there's a lot of articles that you need to read that are in there that are from 2018, 2019, that are pretty important uh, for people to read. So you could just press the little X button and it goes away. You still have to fix the font on this. So this is the Jack Dorsey lied to Congress under oath. Here's why. I'll put a picture up so that way it sits better. Um, as, when I find them, I do it. Um, this is important because I put here, uh, what's that article? Loomer banned from the internet. Okay. okay. DARPA had also funded a program to record and analyze the actions and reactions of users of Twitter, including their actions similar to Facebook's controversial experiment into how to control emotions by manipulating news feeds. This was from 2009 aforementioned just before BH Barack Hussein Obama exited the White House on the 23rd of December 2016, he signed the 2017 National Defense Authorization Act into law, which included the Countering Foreign Propaganda and Disinformation Act, another law that also enabled the global MSN to intervene and contribute in the act of dissemination of domestic propaganda. Um, this was written November 26, 2018. Okay, it's uncategorized because it's been resurrected. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the Wayback Machine has been offline for a while, so um, you uh, you know that they're deleting things. But this Orwellian warfare. Article two is one that you should read. I will try to um, fix this as well as I can. So here, as you can see, when that bar comes up, you can just close it up at the top here somehow. Where's that X button again? Okay, it's not doing it for me because I can't see the pictures are wrong here. So as you can see, it says here related articles. I'm showing you what they're doing. I've been telling you what they're doing. I've been telling you what they're doing and how they're covering it up pretty simply. They're, it's simple. You can figure it out yourself uh, by reading. Remember, what did I say? Don't go for headlines. Read. It's so important, so damn important that you guys read. So um, I urge you to look for keywords in my website and read some or old articles. Um, it's, it, you know, this is why they purge my website. You have to understand that that was part of it. Because if they delete the information I put out there, then what happens is they silence me by saying that I'm just saying things, right? They say she doesn't know. She's just, you know, grifting. I'm not a QAnon grifter. I am not a grifter. Okay. I'm totally not. So prove yourself to me. I'm a girl that you claim. Why don't you say the things that you said to me yesterday? See, um, I'm just saying. So let's get back to the, to the, to the amazing video this person put together. But it's really important that we do our part and start sharing information. And censorship doesn't just come from the left. It's coming from your camp, the people that you think are for you. The people that you believe are helping you are the ones that are causing the disinformation. So who's in their pocket? I don't know. We should ask them. To take the most out of all of that, 
HSOC had developed a framework that they referred to as the S4. S4 stands for the science that was just explained in the previous slide, the signals intelligence, which is the core mission of GCHQ, the skills that all of those experts have, then the systems that can help to achieve those goals. And without S4, those three strands were developed for this new training program in GCHQ. As this slide says, they wanted to build cyber magicians. People. I'm an excellent magician with a J. That can deceive and achieve influence operations through cyberspace. And with that, let's start with the actual accreditation program, the OCA, Online Covert Action Accreditation. This is the core purpose of this slide deck, presenting this training program, what it entails and what it looks like. To better understand this online covert action accreditation program, the slide deck creates this matrix that starts with the ACNO T-Steel strands. I'm not aware what ACNO stands for, but I assume that it stands for Advanced Cyber Network Operations T-Steel strands. As you should understand by that point, the key strands are the online human intelligence, the influence and information operations, and disruption and computer network attack operations. Starting from the human intelligence, there are a few different ways that can be achieved in the cyberspace. It can be done on an individual level, on a group level, or on a global level. In a similar manner, in the influence and information operations, you have a lot of different disciplines that have to be mastered, namely the psychology of the target, the deception plan, the influencing, the performance, and media. And finally, for the disruption and CNA, it is the professionalism, the elegance, the creativity of the operators, and the intuition. If we combine all of those key strands, what we end up is what GCHQ refers to as magic techniques and experiment. Now, if we dive more into the individual level of the human intelligence, we see that people are making decisions that are emotional, not rational, and that forms their beliefs. These can be influenced using the OCEAN framework from applied psychology, but also to do a remote assessment based on the digital cues that you have for these individuals, and decide, can you sell what you're trying to sell to them? What are the motives that you're trying to exploit? All of this results to persuasion from individual level to group level. And a key factor to this one is what was developed by the Dutch psychologist Heert Hofstede, which is known as the cultural dimensions theory. And it shows the effects of society's culture on the values of its members. For this reason, it can be an excellent tool to go from individual level to group level. In the group level is where conspiracy theories can be formed and where members are following this conformity, obedience, way of collaboration. This is So, uh, without saying, you know, I never endorse anybody, right? I never endorse anybody unless I explicitly say it. Um, endorse in regards to being a truth teller. So I've said people I work with, Patrick Berge, right? Truth teller, not always the best way that he conveys the truth. He's super salty, gets really upset. He's hot headed. I would have, well, I have the similar type of PTSD. Mine is just not the same as his, 
Uh, I trust Millie with my children as she would trust me. She was there for me when my world was crumbling. You know, when someone is there for you, when things get bad, they will be there for you when things get good too. Remember that. People that don't stand by you, big deal. Okay. This is just my, you know, pearl of wisdom there. That's, that's fact. There are very few people. There's other people that are not in the public eye, you know, M, J, J, K, that I trust, L, that I trust. But, and I would totally endorse anything they do. If they tell me that they're making a cartwheel company and they're just going to pay people to go do cartwheels on the street, no matter how stupid it is, I'll fucking back it. Okay. This is how much I trust them. So here's the problem with trust though. Um, not in your personal sphere, but as group sphere, as you noticed when, when that man, Austin Steinbart came out and started uh, saying that he was Q and he was, you know, whatever. Um, all these groups that had hoarded decoding or being your source of information demanded conformity and obedience from all of you that followed them. The majority of their followers are bots, even on Telegram, even on Telegram, I need you to pay attention because the illusion that all of these people follow them is what gives you the illusion that they are righteous. You need to have that thought. I have a shit ton. There's, there's only about, mm, I would say out of the people in the Tory says plus chat, and that follow me, I would say about a thousand of them are bots. And those are replicate bots to come in and create conversations very eloquently. If you think artificial intelligence is stupid, then you're not that intelligent. They will hold a conversation and you will think they're a legit human being, okay? So all of these suppose, like, come on, guys, who really listens to a person that gives financial advice with squirrels? Who listens to a guy that did smoothies and now is an expert? Who listens to all these people when they pull out their digital red string? Come on, let's be honest. Who believes that all of this stuff that they're telling you is really happening? Who believes some random idiot in England in his flat? Who really believes that? If they believe that, they're way far gone. But it all goes down to the group think, the conformity and the obedience, the confirmation of whatever you might think. So if someone tells you aliens are real and then they're like, hey, my wife is a nine foot alien, could be true, could be false, right? You're just going to sit there and accept everything they say because they've confirmed one aspect of what you want. And this is how they take conspiracy theories and they sequester and they create the social identity that you are all part of that. Q movement was never meant to be sequestered. It was meant to propagate into eternity to get people to do what? Think for themselves. The fact that people are sequestering and saying, oh, this is how it is, this is how, like I freaking see you, please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. Because if I do it, I'll be crucified now, but then I will be resurrected later. And you've tried to shoot down a lot of people. There's this guy that's going around, what's his name, Robert Steele? He claims that he has this, you know, committee. He is the biggest POS ever. We'll talk about him in a couple of weeks. But you know what he did? 
He infiltrated social media when Millie Weaver was arrested and told everyone that she was never arrested and she did that for publicity. You know, I know a lot of people are like, once you're CIA, I can't trust you. And I, I, I say yes to that. I say yes to that. I agree with, I was never CIA. Okay. Never, ever have I worked directly for the CIA. That is fact. Okay. Even though my point person was the director of the CIA at the time. And most of the people that were briefing us were part of the CIA. We did not work, nor did we directly report to anyone within the CIA. I'm making that clear now. Okay. I have never worked in an official capacity directly with any government. Well, wait, with any known government entity of the United States. So this is fact. Now, having said that, having said that, this whole section here is telling you what they've done to you. They've influenced you to think a certain way. They've influenced you and told you who to listen to, who not to listen to. And I hate the fact that I'm calling them out. I'm not telling you don't listen. I'm just saying you're fucking stupid if you do. Okay. And I'm telling you why you're fucking stupid. Like sit back and look at it. Do you really think that all like, you know, <laughs> I want to strangle Dan sometimes. Right? It's because it's like, why are you feeding it? Ah, it's because it gives people empowerment. I get it. But the fact of the matter is people have been put in this box. All of you have been identified as a certain thing. It was extremely cultish and the left was right calling that out. And it wasn't the movement itself. It wasn't the origination. It wasn't, you know, the fact that it was giving you truth and facts, right? After it was hijacked, it was forcing, it was, uh, it was giving you the illusion that, Yes, this is it. Like that movement, that those communications would never call someone out in real time and thump them ever, ever. So I want you to understand that we've, I've shown you this before. I've talked about this before. And I think I had provided this kind of documentation to Gavin that, you know, I found on the internet because I have a lot of things that I can't share until someone puts it out. Those are the rules, right? Because, you know, at that point I, you know, it was out there. I didn't just pull it out. Now this was given to them and it was shown. We've told you many, many times before that there's a perceived and an actual situation. It's been put in there. Okay. So this is one of the most important things to see conspiracy theories. Look, as I said months ago, and I like the fact that people are getting on board, we're running out of fucking conspiracy theories because they're all facts. There's no, no facts. Okay. We need to stop with this obfuscation. I'm important. Look at me and these fake personas and put your freaking name on it. Come out and say who you are. This, you know, whatever I've been saying who I am. If they, been saying it to the level that I can, so I don't get slotted. But listen to this important portion of it, because you'll see that this group think, this conformity and obedience that they demanded from you, remember, was key. Every single player, every single player has a role to play, right? 
I really wish they didn't do that though. I, I really wish I really did. I, I have faith in humanity, but I do not have faith for people that distract and distort information. Today, you saw what Keystone meant. So now you understand what that drive means too. It's where an operator from GCHQ can take advantage of virtual communities to find out the motives, roles, and influence them, but also use the social identity theory to take advantage of those groups. Exploit a lot of the human behaviors that people have while operating in a group level, such as the social proof or herding, and moving even closer from a group level to a global level, all of those resulting in the agenticity and patternicity. And by using the right techniques at the right time, you can reduce the group's effectiveness and the group dynamics. And moving to the global level of online human intelligence, you have the social networks, how different groups interact with each other. And that can be influenced by constructing a new system or understanding the financial ecosystems of media and taking advantage of that. Now moving to the influence and information operations. In the online human, we ended up with a lot of different frameworks for the individual level, but how to apply those for influencing and information operations. And the key word here is trust. If you understand the group's psychology, then the only thing that stands between the psychology and deception is trust. So this is what they've done, okay? They've given you the illusion that you can trust them. Why? Because each of them bound together. Why would you trust someone that makes smoothies? Why would you trust someone that, you know, just came out of nowhere and says, oh, well, I'm just upset, so I'm going to do this. Why would you trust someone that doesn't show you their face? Why would you trust someone? You trust them because everybody else trusts. Why would you trust a guy who, you know, is in his mom's basement. Why would you trust a guy that's missing teeth, but raking in millions? So then you have to ask yourself, if you're making so much money online, why can't you fix your teeth? I, I'm just saying, and, and hey, nobody tell me about mine. My TMJ has been bothering me for a while. And for all of you out there saying, well, you raise funds and this is how you did it. Fuck you. No, I had these appointments booked back last summer and I never made my appointments. People that know me personally know that I have booked appointments and have put them off because I've been busy. I don't have time to be down in a dentist chair to get shit done. Just making that clear in any case, somebody wants to throw some shade. Okay. Because everybody who is in my sphere knows, you know, how many times I put shit off. Like I'm like, Oh, going to the dentist. It's like, yeah, I didn't have time. So I canceled it. Oh, going to this. Sorry. Didn't have time. So, you know, I'm just saying I, you have to be, so where's the money going? If the person is doing that, where's the money going? These are the things you should ask yourself. But when all of them are circle jerking each other, it gives you an illusion that um, there's trust. And when they oust someone, there's mistrust, right? This is what they do. This is how they deceive you. They give you the illusion that we're all in the club. So you need to trust us. This is why when you go to their channels, all you see is everybody else's shit that thumps their shit. It's circular reporting. Remember that term? That's how they made the dossier be legit. This is what you're seeing in social circles of supposedly truth seekers. This is how it is. I am dispelling this for you to see it. 
They circle jerk each other. The minute they get strangulated of not having followers, they will kiss the feet and the ring of those that we are suing, by the way. And, um, well, you'll know about that later, <laughs> later, maybe we, <laughs> oh my gosh, I wanted to say more, but that's what they do. They create this illusion of trust, right? And the thing is, if a lot of you think that the Trump campaign, President Trump, you know, his trusty sidekick that we love and he is so awesome, um, you know, that puts out really awesome little clips and statements um, are connected to where we are, which is in the trenches of this war, you're very, very mistaken. If you believe that those up there know what's going on down here, you're very in the dark. See, this is why it's working so well. For now, it's not going to last long. Because you know what? What we like to do is put people on very high pedestals, right? Because the fall is going to be just glorious. The higher they are, the harder they fucking fall. And I'll be there saying, look, I told you so. It's your fault. It's, I, I, it's not that I don't like you, okay? It's not that I don't like you. It's that I don't like what you did. And I don't like that you pandered to the people and fed them misinformation because you thought it was cool. You will suffer more than the left media. And, you know, I know a lot of the leftists, right? A lot of the leftists, they um, really are having this cognitive dissonance moment, right? They know something's wrong, but they can't talk about it. And they're fighting it because they, they're like, holy crap, this is real. And I know because one of them just texted on signal to another one that's listening to this right now. So they can see that I know, right? They're leftists, right? Signal's not safe, by the way. But they totally discuss between themselves, damn, can this be real? This is so messed up. That was the conversation they just had. And I know they're listening and it's fine. It's totally fine. There's no shame in truth, but there is shame when you try to obfuscate it. You know, most of these hit pieces that they do is not because they don't want the truth. Think about it for a second. Okay. It's because they hate the truth because it tears down their reality. And I'm talking about the left. Okay. I'm talking about the left, the leftist media. It's because when someone tells you the truth, you don't like it. And you want to kill it because you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to kill that story. I'm going to kill your voice. I'm going to kill your message because everybody else in the world is saying this. You can't be right even though I see that you're right. You can't be saying the truth because I can see that you're saying the truth. Because then that means everything that I believe in does not exist. It is a facade. And that is the truth. It is a facade. And the faster people realize it, the faster this gets fixed. You know? I know a lot of people are really confused. I've gotten so many communications. Why would General Flynn endorse Roger Stone? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But again, you can't expect them to be everywhere. They're not upgraded. So you can't expect them to see everything at all. You cannot expect people that you have as leaders in any movement to be able to see everything. They rely on others telling them. 
And unfortunately, just like President Trump, many people out there have had the wrong people next to them for a very, very, very long time. And that's the problem. They gatekeep. Truth is truth. It's naked. It's raw. It's ugly. It's disgusting. It's fair, but it's flat. There's no perfume. It is as solid as a one and a zero. It either is or it isn't. That's it. There's no, but it's truth. And truth is that everyone has blind spots. Truth is that a lot of people don't like the truth. Truth is that you've been duped for decades. This isn't something new. Okay. And the truth is, is that it's about to come out and there's a lot of pants being pulled down. And even though I've been preaching it, oh, you know, they're going to pull their own pants down. Right. And even though this has been in the making for decades and like Millie told you, where are you going to go? Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell Congress? How that work out for a lot of us? Who are you going to tell president? Well, what if he's running the show? Who are you going to tell? CIA director? He's the one freaking giving orders. Who are you going to tell? The IG? Stop. So for all these people that seem to know shit, they don't know diddly squat. Again. Again. Who are they decoding? Again, today, I have actually shown you, without a doubt, what Millie's little post-it with a drive that I never gave her. I would never do that. Never put something so dangerous in someone's hands. And it's not in my hands either. So don't come knocking. You ain't going to find it. You probably already came anyway. We know that. Okay. But you never have any physical dead man switch. Except when you want to toy with someone. So again, you've just found out what Keystone really means. And I have given you those clues over years on air. Today you saw it. So let's see where the red string is. This can be done through persuasive technology. What does this mean in practical means is implementation of systems such as the 10 principles of scams. You can pick any of those scams and try to implement them in this model. And to give a better understanding of what this means, here are some common biases or logic fallacies that all of the human beings have. For example, we have the hindsight bias or this notion of, oh, I knew it all along, which goes nicely with a confirmation bias. That means that you are after information that confirm your beliefs. The anchoring is more of a cognitive bias that has to do with individuals heavily relying on a piece of information that received at some point without taking into account other pieces of information. And another key part of psychology in biases and scams is the priming. This is a phenomenon where exposure to one stimulus influences the response to the subsequent stimulus. And as you can imagine, there are tons and tons of more biases, logical fallacies, cognitive biases, and other psychological behaviors that you can take advantage to influence a target without them realizing it. In the previous section, I briefly touched on the Hofstadter's dimensions. By exploiting those and the influencing part that I just mentioned, you can build relationships. And this can be done across cultures. One way to implement this, although it's not the only way, is mirroring, which means replicating what seems to be accepted behavior for that group. 
Another way is the social penetration theory, which goes far beyond this introductory slide. Next, we have the performance. In summary, this is how to act and to behave in these interactions to achieve your goals. And the key part to this one, it is the self-presentation in the cyber context. This means the personas that are going to be created and how those are going to control the narrative of this group. And the key component in all of the influence and information operations is the media. That can be anything from traditional propaganda to branding. So it's important for you to see exactly what we've been talking about on paper on these government human psychological operation documents so you can see how these decoders and these fake wannabe personas that you follow because they send ooh and ah tweets or telegrams or gab posts work. Okay? Propaganda, branding, marketing, advertising, and then circle jerking. That is what they do. This is how they confirm everything else, their performance, what is attracting to you, how they want you to watch them because they confirm your bias or they pander on the hope that you have. It's, it's, it's textbook. Now, you know, I'm not telling you who to follow. I'm just telling you you're fucking stupid for doing so. To promote a specific piece of information, marketing that has a lot of techniques that can be applied for influencing information operations, DAA and advertising. Moving to the most visible part of this is the disruption and the computer network attacks. To do that, all of the work was split to thin slices, the professionalism, elegance, creativity, and intuition. What does elegance mean in terms of disruption and CNA? It means optimizing deception channels and process reflection to assess if we are doing the operation elegantly. In summary, to have an idea if you are doing it is actually elegant or it is going far beyond the scope of this mission. Now, if you combine the elegance with creativity, you have the diffusion of innovation. And how creativity can be achieved is through brainstorming, consider all alternate perspectives and intelligence analysis. As I mentioned earlier, thin slicing means breaking down the design to different parts. And here we see the elegance, creativity, and the intuition. In the creativity, we're reading that constructing experience in mind of target, which should be accepted so that they don't realize it. And that goes back to the influence and information operations. If that step has been done properly, then that should be easy to achieve. And what does having intuition for such an operation means? We have two points. The first one being how to do some of this in real time. So need to understand what you're doing in this psychology. And the second one, reading from digital tells, but going with performance to reduce my risk, but satisfy targets inquisition. And following that, we have the conclusion of this pretty comprehensive summary of the course, which goes into the high level concepts. That is to achieve those magic techniques you can take advantage of mental health and psychopathy that can influence on the individual level the decision-making, the rational choice, crime and punishment. And if we go back to the levels that we discussed under the Hofstadter dimensions, we have the morality and ethics, the cyber cultures across different organizations, the legitimization of violence, and tools and techniques 
using scientific methods for assessing those MOEs. So as you can see, legitimization of violence, cyber cultures across organization, right? This is what they use to infiltrate in the group, both on the right and the left. But I'm only talking about the right right now, okay? I'm only talking about the right right now. Those people that, like I said, give you the oohs and ahs and look, we were right. Look, no, you weren't right. You were always fucking wrong because you were on the wrong side, period. Here's the thing. What you're looking at is how to use techniques to let people see what you want them to see. These are all components. Proud Boys. Everyone's like, now all the Proud Boys are fuck that. You saw the John Sullivan's brothers in there. You had a federal agent leading telling you that he's pro-life, pro-this, and it was all pro-bullshit. That's basically what it was, right? You think you know. And again, many of you be like, but the president said, but Dan Scavino tweeted out, the dude, they can't be everywhere. They're not upgraded. That's the problem. And th the only thing is, as well, is that they rely on people they trust. And all of us trust people that we wrongfully trust, right? I've, I still have faith in people. Well, many say you've had people on. Why do I have people on? Who do I have on? It's either to showcase their talents or showcase who they are, period. And sometimes put them in a the box. So it's very important that you trust your own intuition and be able to discern who's giving me truth and who's giving me their spin on truth. This is truth. This is how they train operations. These are the things that we worked on. These are weapons, Okay, this is a weapon. And if you notice, they said for the narrative that they create the bots and they facilitate the fake personas. Pay attention to the interactions. Well, maybe there's going to be a lot of interactions and all of them are pretty much saying the same thing. This is how you can discern the truth. What sits is factual. This is factual. Nobody wants this. We've talked about this. I've shown this slide many times. This person just broke it down so well. Um, Anastasios, great job. Obviously I didn't hear his name. I just skimmed through it when I saw that someone had the document up with the Batman thing, which by the way, was sent to me by someone else. And it's like, was that a prompt? So, um, this was interesting. I didn't even know that he said his name, Anastasios, which means resurrection by word. A key part of all of that is the Elias management and legend building what is uh, typically known as a uh, bug stopping or cover stories in a traditional human. Okay, so what he said, alias management and legend building, create al aliases, backstories, you know, fake personas basically, and structures. But uh, it is not included in this training since it is a concept that it should be well known to most intelligence uh, professionals. Going to the influence operations, influencing information operations, the key part is the strategy. What is this operation trying to achieve? And this strategy is going to drive the planning and the campaign planning, which is why are we doing what we are doing? Finally, on the disruption and CNA, a key component is the insiders. Those insiders can be used to create destructive organizational psychology. And with that, you can have a planned intervention. And with all of that being said, now we can go more into the time schedule of this program. The next part 
is the learning path. The core part of the course lasts for a few days, with three days being the human aspects of cyber operations and two sub-modules being a history course that can be done as e-learning program and the culture, which is for one full day in a classroom. Then we have the influence part. The influence course has two components, the first one being a two-week course on scams and deception, and then one-day course for strategic influence. Following that is the online human intelligence that has one day for the psychology and cyber psychology and half a day for digital tells. And finally is the computer network attack and disruption operations that consists of one hour of training in disruption and an e-learning module for social engineering for computer network attacks. The slide that continues giving us more insights into each of these modules of the online covert action accreditation, starting from the core. This is an image that a lot of people could be familiar with as it is related to the Battle of Normandy, the Operation Overlord, as it was uh, codenamed. At the same time as Operation Overlord was being planned, there was another operation happening, which is known as Operation Bodyguard. One part of the Operation Bodyguard was the Operation Fortitude, and this is where this photo is coming from. The Operation Fortitude was to create deception on the enemy to think that the Allied forces were located in different areas than where they were. One component of this was those inflatable tanks that from the air reconnaissance and even in some cases for ground reconnaissance, they could fool the enemy into believing that those were actual ground forces located far away from Normandy. This is an excellent historical example of successful deception operations. And it's not the only one. The intelligence world has a very long history with magicians. And this slide is going to talk a little bit about this part of history. For example, here are a few real cases of magicians helping in the intelligence world. The first one comes from France. In 1856, there was a mission of Napoleon III in Algeria, and the, that area was supervised by some local Muslim administrators led by the Marabouts, the religious leaders, that it was believed that they have magical abilities. So they used illusion and magic tricks to show that France had stronger magic skills than they did. And this is not the only case. This is a, another case that uh, it was related to the inflatable tank and a few other deception techniques, and it was from the Second World War. Those were designed by a magician. And probably the most widely known is from uh, John Mulholland, that has helped the CIA develop a lot of different techniques for covert communication, exchanging information, and even stealing information without getting noticed. There are a lot of different techniques that can be used for deception also in the cyberspace that originate from people like those. And the two key areas are the dissimulation and simulation. Dissimulation means hiding the real information. For example, it could be masking. Like this field that is covered with a camouflage net so that overhead recon cannot realize what is hidden underneath it. Or repackaging like packaging something dangerous like a tank to look like a convoy truck going from one location to another. Or dazzling, 
making something really hard to comprehend so that when it's at distance like a ship, it cannot be easily identified. But this is hiding the real information. The other side is the simulation, which is showing the false information. Example of that we can find in nature, like insects that are mimicking different flowers and leaves to avoid being seen or inventing, like for example, showing fake troops and fake military equipment in locations where you want. Fake military troops or inventing something like that. Um, so your... they like are in foxholes and stuff. Enemies to be focusing on. And again, using the nature is a decoying, like a lot of reptiles that are intentionally cutting off part of their tails, which is still moving so that the predator can focus on that moving part and they can escape. The building blocks for deceptions are explained in this very simple diagram. It all starts from people trying to make sense of what they are experiencing. This is the effect that they have, but also the expectancies, which is going to draw their attention, perception, and eventually their behavior. In terms of the cyberspace, remember in the introduction I mentioned that the social media were really growing at that time, the time of this presentation. And this is reflected in this slide deck as well. So we can see that we have the personal community and global communication channels. And then on the y-axis, we have the time, which is now, soon, and forever. And it starts with some areas that uh, are having global impact, like news media, and then moving to some that have very personal impact, like the phone communications, and email that's expected to be there forever and covering the whole spectrum from personal to global communications. There are some communication channels that have more of a community interest and global interest. And that is blogging, LinkedIn, web pages, and so on. And what was happening at that point, so we see that was marked in the soon area, it is social media such as Facebook and Twitter that go from personal to global with Twitter being more on the global side and Facebook more on the personal side. And purely on the personal side and expecting to last for a long time, it's considered the SMS and the instant messaging that goes from personal to community, such as uh, IRC that was popular at that time. It still is popular amongst us people that don't exist. Or other messaging platforms that are more popular nowadays. In order to achieve deception, a key component is the attention management. Something doesn't have to be perfectly hidden, but it has to be hidden for long enough that it will not draw any attention. And those are two examples over here with a building on the right side and an insect on the left side that do this exactly right. It is not impossible to detect them, but it is hard enough so that it will not draw any attention. But why is the attention management so important? So this takes me back to that hit piece by Vice where he was like, holy shit, she's like number 75 globally. She's on the top hits of iTunes podcast. She's on the top this, top that. And they've been canceling me. They've been screaming off at the top of their lungs. She's everywhere. Don't let her small following on Telegram uh, fool you. <laughs> That's because my following is 100% real people. And and I don't sequester all my followers. Why? Because attention. I have to make sure my attention is not being drawn, right? That they can't see me coming. I'm everywhere.
There is nowhere that I am not. I am everywhere. I don't get highs off of people following me. I don't give a shit. I will tweet with one follower. I will speak with one listener. <laughs> Others won't. See, while everyone came to Telegram because they were being banned, I came to Telegram because I knew what was coming. I told you that they were going to silence a sitting president, and yes, they did. I told you that you're going to lock yourself in your house. Yes, you did. And I've been telling you that be careful who you follow because they're not giving you the tools to recognize this. They're giving you bullshit because they would never give you those tools because as they walk you through those tools, you'll realize that they're the ones that were using them. See, that's key. This is demonstrated very nicely with this painting. This is the conjurer painted by Hieronymus Bosch. What we see here is a very well-known gambling game known as the shell game that was invented probably in ancient Greece, but it is so old that no one really knows when it was invented. It's a very popular game that most people know where you have some cups and you hide an item, you move them around and the and the gamblers have to guess where the item is going to be. But this painting shows exactly why the attention management is so important. Although the game depicts the shell game, there is something else that you might not have noticed. On the left side, we have a pickpocket who is working with a conjurer. The pickpocket is robbing one of the spectators who is bending over. And this is exactly what the attention management is in the cyberspace too. Another example of attention management that has to do with human psychology is this one. The well-known rabbit duck illusion that is both a duck and a rabbit at the same time. And this illusion, although it is quite old, it's from 1892, it is uh, bringing a lot of interesting discussions about how people perceive reality based on their sociological, biological, and psychological factors, which is something that can be exploited as well in the cyberspace for the same reasons. All of that can be summarized to one word, expectations. We look where we expect something interesting to happen. Like in this case, most of the people would have noticed that all of the ladders are wrong. They, they don't make any sense the way they are set up. But we are biased to see, hear, feel, smell, taste. What we strongly expect to see, hear, feel, smell, and taste. And this is what attention management is all about, controlling these expectations. How this could be achieved? is through what is known as the gambit of deception. This is a matrix of a lot of different areas that can be used to deceive someone. And it all starts with the attention. By controlling the attention, you can do other things in parallel that the spectators will not notice. For example, a big move can cover a little move. The target is looking where you are drawing their attention to which means it leaves you time to do other things in the other areas. And the attention drops at the perceived end. So it is very key to know when you are going to execute your deception. Finally, repetition reduces vigilance. The next part is the perception. How can you mask, mimic something while it is something else? A few examples were shown earlier. The other was repackaging, which is modifying something old to look like something different. 
the dazzling decoding that you are blurring the cues to create an alternate cue, make the cue dynamic and stimulate multiple sensors so that it is very hard for the spectator to focus on all of them at the same time. Next, we have the sense making. How can someone make sense of what they see? And here is where a lot of the human science is coming to play since you can exploit prior beliefs, present story fragments, since people really like to hear stories and connect them with their past experiences. Repetition creates expectancies, that should be self-explanatory. Or the Haversack Ruse, which originates from the October 1917 chase from World War One, where a British official looked like he forgot a Haversack, like a, a backpack with battle plans, but all of that was coordinated in order to lead the enemy where they wanted to. And of course, swap the real for the false and vice versa. And what is the effect of all of that? You try to create cognitive stress so that it is hard to make sense of all of this information and get to the end result that you want. Create psychological stress for the same reason. Create affective stress, or as they mentioned it here, Cialdini plus two, referring, of course, to Robert Bino Cialdini, who is a professor of psychology and has developed the six principles of persuasion. And exploit shared effect. What all of that is going to result to is a change in behavior. It can simulate the action, but it can also simulate the outcome. A time shift of perceived behavior. Divorce the behavior from the outcome or channel the behavior. Examples of deception you can find in a lot of places, but these are the gambits of deception. The next slide, for example, shows us a very interesting way that you can blend in, and it was actually happening. A lot of male fighters were blending in with women by just using the same outfit as uh, they were. And that covered all of the first section, the core part. And now we're moving to the second part, which is the influence and information operations. And just to be clear, this is not the full training. Again, it was a slide deck that was presenting the overview of what uh, GCHQ operators were to receive if they could enroll to this program. For influence and information operations, the most important part is the principles for influence. And according to GCHQ, the 10 principles are the time principle, which means when are you going to execute this operation? The need and greed principle, which blurs the line between what you actually need versus what you want. The deception principle, that was described in the previous section. The dishonesty principle, which is around how to defraud someone. The social compliance and authority principle, which is self-explanatory. The herd principle that people behave differently when they operate in groups. The consistency principle, which goes back to if something is very consistent across different sources of information, it is likely to be believed as true. The distraction principle, which is diverting the attention of the spectators to where you want them to. The reciprocity principle. And of course, the flattery, that's again self-explanatory to influence someone. A great example of all of those is this one. Even when you move it to a different language, like here, all of the goals are being achieved. And the reason for this one is that there has been a great information operation around this logo.
And the same happens with a lot of brands that they have reached to a level that they combine all of this need and greed, all of this distraction that even when fully abstracted, it can lead back to human behavior and human mind to specific items. In this example, uh, Coca-Cola. A very nice example of this one is also that comic over here from 2007. That uh, it is a curve, as you can see, about new product adoption. In uh, the far left side, we have the innovators and early adapters that they are spending some time with this product. But the moment the cash machine kicks in, and if you think about it, for government agencies like GCHQ, this is an area they can definitely influence. Then you can start sharing this brand across different groups. This results to this uh, funny statement that uh, we see on the top, like, I think I can, I think I can. And once these groups start sharing this information among each other and this product becomes more popular, you can see that uh, we have, for example, the large majority saying, I found it at Sam's Club. And uh, of course, at the end, this product is going to deteriorate if this is not maintained properly and a new product will be required to be out in the market. In all of that, the most important piece of information is this one, that people make decisions as part of groups. People make decisions for emotional reasons, not rational ones. This is a great point that can be exploited by intelligence agencies for influence and information operations. And we see a process for all of that in the next slides. And here we see a very interesting circle which goes to seeding the information we want to share, converting that and sharing it again. And that cycle goes on forever. And it is uh, about passion, density, and empowerment. Those components result in uh, some pretty powerful brands like Coca-Cola that was mentioned earlier, or a different example that is uh, shared in the next slide, which is uh, about this one. Do you love your brand? And I assume here they are talking about uh, political parties. But uh, it is the same behavior. It doesn't matter if it's a political party or it's a brand or it is an influence operation. The process is exactly the same for all of them. And another example of that, I, I really, I'm really not sure what, uh, what was going on, probably a story around this one. And here is a very interesting influence operation that take advantage of a lot of the areas that we talked previously about uh, people's beliefs, about the need versus greed, that people really wanted to, to know that there is something else out there, that governments are more powerful than they appear to be, and, and so on. And there are lots of these uh, use cases that uh, you can research and find out how those videos were created. Most of them were done in a very simple means. They are fake videos, but still a lot of people believed in them. They managed to influence large parts of the population. And the key part of that was also the group mentality that they were shared in certain groups that they were repeating this piece of information. Again, a few more of those. And this slide concludes that, uh, yes, in the past we had uh, wheels that they turned up to new kinds of wheels. And then we have the cameras and now they are in mobile phones, but all of the principles are still the same. When we're talking about influence operations and information operations, nothing has really changed since it is more about human behavior. The media to deliver them will change, but the process itself would be almost identical. And that leads us to the next round of the course, the online human intelligence. Now, moving to human, it shouldn't be a surprise that the first topic that is being touched upon is the ocean. Ocean 
is the big five personality traits, as it's known, and it's a model that was uh, developed in the 80s for uh, applied psychology. OCEAN is, of course, an acronym. It refers to the five personality traits that differentiate people the most. The first one is the openness and talks about the openness to new experiences. For example, how curious someone is versus how cautious he is. Or the consciousness, which is uh, how efficient, organized someone is versus how careless when they making any decisions. The extraversion, which is, of course, being outgoing or being reserved in uh, your behaviors. The agreeableness, which is uh, being friendly or being very critical, being very rational or being very compassionate. And finally, the neuroticism, which talks about uh, how sensitive or nervous someone is versus how confident they are. All of those are uh, key components for any human intelligence operation since they are going to create the profile of this individual and what are the traits that can be exploited to recruit them or influence them. A circle to achieve this is uh, this one. How someone likes what they hear and what they get as external information, how certain they are about it, and the disclosure of this information. And this is a continuous cycle, and that builds a stronger relationship with uh, the target. There are a lot of ways to achieve this, but here are some examples from this presentation. The first one is mirroring. People copy each other while in social interaction with them. For example, the body language, the language cues, the expressions, eye movements, and emotions. This creates an association between those individuals that they feel that they agree on what they are saying. Another one is the accommodation, which is the adjustment of speech, patterns, and language towards another person communication. For example, people in conversation tend to converge. Depends on the empathy and other personality traits. The possibility of over-accommodation end up looking condescending. This means accommodation, like everything else, a nice technique, but has to be used carefully. And finally, Mimikrai talking about the adoption of specific social traits by the communicator from the other participant, which goes back to have a very good understanding of the social and psychological profile of the target before getting to that level. And since we're talking about the cyberspace, a key question here is, can you game this? Can you make this so that the target doesn't even realize that this is happening? I'm certain a lot of people are aware of this one. It is known as the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, and it was developed in 1943 in a paper titled A Theory of Human Motivation. This is a key component in human intelligence as well. Since depending on the level that you are trying to exploit, you can have higher motivation or lower motivation. Basic needs, like for example, if you are providing someone with food, water, it's going to have higher motivation to help you compared to self-actualization. And in human intelligence, all of these things play a key role. The last part of this section, it is this one, the backstop or cover story or legend, which is, who are you? When you are trying to interact with another human being in a relationship for human intelligence, you have to consider, can you actually support what you are trying to do? For example, if you are going to play out to be a scientist, can you back this up? Do you have the knowledge and experience to support it? If you're going to be a foreign national, 
do you have all of the required skills in terms of cultural awareness, language skills, and so on to support this? And this is the last part. You have to know who you are, and not only in terms of skills, but also in terms of your own psychological profile. And this concludes the human intelligence component. The last part is the disruption and computer network attack operations. In the intelligence community, when people are saying computer network attack or CNA, they mean something destructive. Not infiltration, this is called computer network exploitation. Computer network attack is explicitly for something that's going to cause damage. So we're talking things such as blocking the access to this information or turning this information to something completely different, fixing it, disrupting it, limiting it, or delaying it. All of these things are part of disruption and CNA operations. And uh, what are the operational playbook for disruption? First of all, you have the infiltration operation, which means getting access to a specific target in order to execute some sort of destructive attack. Then we have the rouse operations, where their goal is to trick someone into changing their perspective. The set piece talks about a coordinated move of multiple actors towards the same goal, although it appears to be unrelated. Then we have the false flag operation, which means that you make it appear as a different actor executed an operation compared to who actually executed it. The false rescue, which is similar, making it look like a different person was the rescuer compared to who they actually were. A disruption, that is self-explanatory, stopping something from being accessible. And uh, finally, the sting operation, where you pretend to be part of a group in order to collect intelligence or to disrupt this group. To achieve any of those operations, you have to understand what keeps a group together See? versus what pulls a group apart. And uh, this is the final slide over here that is titled Identifying and Exploiting Fracture Points. So here's where you see things, uh, how we group together. And, uh, and, and I wanted to just let him speak. I know he has a very heavy Greek accent, but he so eloquently puts this out. And I had to let it ride on its own for those of you listening for the flow. I didn't want to interrupt him. Okay. But as you see, there are certain sections that they do to dissect. Now, what pulls things apart in a group? Personal power. When someone wants to be the ultimate source of everything. When someone believes that they're bigger than the other person. When someone believes, well, I've got a bigger following and I've got more people. And I, you know, the whole drunk on power thing. Uh, Pre-existing cleavages. So if there's like bitching between themselves, you can actually exploit that and get them to bitch even harder so they break up. Competition. Now, if someone comes in and they want to join your group, like you saw those groups that circle jerk each other, and they are better at delivering red string, digital red string. That causes competition. Therefore, the group starts to fracture. So who are you with? Are we all going to stick together on this one? Or are we going to let this person ride it? What are we going to do? It's all about money, right? It's all about money. And ideological differences. So here's where you actually saw real researchers break off from the others. Uh, real people that say, I don't care why you don't like XYZ. XYZ is doing good work. Um, why are we all discussing how we should put out a story? Why don't we just do our own homework? And I'm quoting, I'm para-quoting some of these um, 
you know, people that were in the in crowd and the in crowd wanted, but they were like, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I don't know where you're getting all this money and why we need to like get together and all have these stupid zoom calls and group chats and shit, but I, I don't want to be part of that. That's not what we're doing. So the real grassroots movements actually put in those seats. Now, this is how they operate, right? They operate, uh, people that are not in your best interest operate in this section, right? They focus on the personal power. They focus on the pre-existing cleavages, the competition, ideological differences. And this is why they pull their pants down. Grassroots movements focus on what's important, which is common beliefs, shared ideology, and shared opposition. So this is how we band together by maintaining this. The people of America are coming under one banner, and that's the United States flag, because we have common beliefs. We believe that the Constitution was created the way it was created in order to ensure freedom, in order to ensure fairness, in order to ensure a more perfect union of people and vast and diverse communities. Shared ideology. Again, circling back. Let's do the circle back, circle back, circle back to common beliefs. You can't share an ideology if you don't have common beliefs. And shared opposition. What are we opposed to? We're opposed to murder. We're opposed to slavery. We are opposed to oppression. We are opposed to overlords. We are opposed to being governed because we are self-governed. These are the things that put us together. Whereas everyone else tries to mitigate these things over here, ideological differences, they try to mitigate it by pacifying, enforcing, showing you the door, blocking you, censoring you, telling you what you must think. Competition. Anyone that threatens their income needs to go. Anyone that threatens their stability needs to go. But well, at first they ignore it, but you can only ignore it so much because remember, here I am with my face and my voice. But on the cybersphere, you have no idea who has been sitting in on your Zoom calls. You think you know them all? Oh, no, you don't. And that is how infiltration works. See, that's how you create the perfect sting operation. Some of those will be public. Some of them will not. Hence how there is going to be a ray of light. Personal power. Well, if you're in it about power and your own personal your own personal benefit, well, you will fail because this is what pulls groups apart. And group means the people of the United States. This is why they fail. This is why they fail. Because they started this movement and grabbed onto it for this. But then they went to this. They didn't support this. This is all fake, right? To them, it's fake. So it's really, really, really important. And he's telling us that a group is pushed together by the shared opposition, by shared ideology and common beliefs. But the moment that in that group you have personal power, pre-existing cleavages, competition, or ideological differences, you create tension. And this tension can be exploited by intelligence agencies for disruption operations. And with that, the introduction to the online covert action accreditation is done. We read over here that the full rollout was to be completed by early 2013 with 
over 150 JT Regent operation staff being fully trained. The next part was to mainstream this work and push a reduced level one tradecraft of this training to over 500 GCHQ analysts and of course, relentlessly optimize training tradecraft. The closing slide is this one with a conjuring with information, which is what this training was trying to achieve. And here we see that the presentation was performed originally by the head of human science of the JDRIG HSOC. Uh, the name was uh, masked out and also... That name isn't masked out on Millie Weaver's video. He was part of Global Strategies or Global Security Group or just global group? Or was it global security? Was it global security group? Was it global, do you see how? Little, little things make a very big difference. Spelling matters. Also the NSTS, which is the cell phone number. And with that, that presentation is complete. From this presentation, we learned a lot about the JT rig, the HSOC, and how GCHQ was training their operations officers for online covert action. As more and more people move into the cyberspace for social interactions, such as social media and instant communications, we can only assume that such training programs and expertise would be more important for all intelligence agencies. This means that a lot of online activity that we experience every day could be coordinated operations happening from groups such as the HSOC of GCHQ. It's not could be, it is. So this guy um, only has 169 subscribers. Um, this is quite fascinating. Love this. I didn't see this. Um, I want to see it. Want to see it? I want to see it. Let's see it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to like totally freak out. He was at the place where I've seen manuscripts before because I saw the gloves in the preview. So... I can't wait to see. I didn't know he was Greek. I kid you not. This is the first time I'm scrolling on this. Um, like 100%. I'm telling you. I saw that he was putting up that slide. I heard a little bit. And I was like, yep, my listeners need to listen to everything this dude says. So I started from the beginning. And now as I click subscribe, like the comments, liked his videos, um, I stumble upon 1976 Greek President K. Tacho's speech. And he went into the archives. Let's take a look. Welcome to the Spy Collection. I'm Anastasios and while going through the artifacts, I came across this little book from 1976. I thought it's a nice document to present to you, especially since it was exactly from 45 years ago, from May 30th, 1976. Its title translates to Speech of President Mr. Konstantinos Tsatsos, Corfu, 30 May 1976. But the interesting annotation is up here, where it says, That means Central Intelligence Service, or it's actually Central Service of Information. Whoa, I can't believe he's got a KIP document. Damn. And he put it on. Damn. That's so awesome because nobody believes that Greece has a KIP. In English, Central Intelligence Service, which was known with the abbreviation KIP, 
This was the main intelligence agency of Greece from 1953 and until 1986, when it was replaced by the National Intelligence Service, which continues to this day. Underneath, it says the ethics is gamma. Okay, so by the way, KIP is like OSS to us. And National Intelligence is CIA to us. I just, and he's saying this is from uh, the Third Reich or Directorate. It was the Third Directorate of CHIP. This directorate was responsible for internal security since CHIP was handling both internal and foreign intelligence operations. Finally, at the bottom right, we're reading that this is for the anniversary of the birthday of the first governor of Greece, Ioannis Kapodistrias. This book is nothing more than a transcript of the speech that was given in that day in Corfu by President Chasos. A very interesting speech, and in case you want to study it, I have translated it and uploaded it online. I'll leave a link in the description. Apart from the obvious historical value of this artifact from an intelligence agency that no longer exists, there are a few more significant reasons for sharing this today. First of all, as I mentioned, today is May 30th, 2021, exactly 45 years ago after this speech took place. But more importantly, this speech talks about one of the most important figures of modern Greek history, Ioannis Kapodistrias a commander of the Greek War for Independence who became the first, and according to most, the most important head of state or governor of Greece after the revolution of 1821. And if those weren't already enough, this speech took place in Corfu Island, which was the birthplace of Ioannis Kapodistrias, and 157 years ago, on May 28, 1864, Corfu Island, along with the rest of the Ionian Islands, were known as the United States of the Ionian Islands, the merge with Greece, mainly due to Ioannis Kapodistrias' actions. If you ask yourselves, how does all of that relate to espionage? Well, as you can imagine, such tremendous efforts like a multi-year independence war, changing the geopolitical landscape in the Mediterranean, and setting the foundations of an independent country involves a lot of espionage. However, I'd leave specific spy stories of that era for separate videos. Ding! So I'm so excited to have stumbled on this. See how it works, damn. That's super odd. I can't believe he just showed a KIP document. Like, full disclosure, my granddaddy was KIP. So it's like, you know, in Greece, right? Um, and then my great-grandfather actually was part of whatever intelligence they had in the 1800s. And he came to the U.S. as an interpreter. He was a doctor that came to the U.S. as an interpreter um, during the building of the railways. So weird, right? Weird. How things in time evolve. So today we walk through um, the operation that has been imposed upon the people. Now, to finish, because this is an extended series today, because there might be, a, might be a chance that I won't be able to do my show tomorrow on time, and because we did miss a lot of shows, I feel compelled um, to um, share more information. I think it's important for us to listen to the first 10 minutes, well, maybe 15, of an exclusive one-to-one -one interview with MSDNC and Putin. Right? This...
will knock your socks off. I want you to pay attention. Mr. President, it's been a long time since you sat down with an American television network, almost three years, I think. Thank you for your time. Uh, there's a lot to discuss. I hope we have time to get to uh, all of the issues. Uh, but I want to begin uh, with uh, some news from the US uh, just today. Um, in the US, it's reported that Russia is preparing perhaps within months to supply Iran with an advanced satellite system, enabling Tehran to track military targets. Is that true? So those listening on podcast, um, he smirked. Would you mind repeating the question again? That we are preparing to hack what kind of facilities? No, it's, it, the, the report today is that uh, Russia is preparing to give or to offer to Iran uh, satellite technology which will enable Iran to target uh, military, to make, to, to make military targets. <laughs> no, no. We don't have that kind of programs with Iran. No, we... It's just nonsense all over again. Yet again, we have cooperation plans with Iran, including military and technical cooperation, and all of this fits the framework of the decisions that were agreed upon in our program in regard to Iran's nuclear program in the context of UN decisions. Together with our partners, in the preparation of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Actions, whereby at some point sanctions, including in the area of military and technical cooperation, should be lifted from Iran. We do have certain programs, but they all concern conventional weapons, if it gets that far. However, we haven't even gone to that stage yet. We don't even have any kind of real cooperation, even in the conventional weapons area. So if anybody is making something up regarding modern space-based technology, this is just plain fiction. This is just fake news. At the very least, I don't know anything about this kind of thing. Those who are speaking about it probably know more about it. It's just nonsense. So first things first, they want to create the illusion that Russia is working with it on and uh, giving them capabilities that Russia does not. Russia circles back <laughs> to the almost century-old relationship they have in regards to processing nuclear materials, uranium. I urge all of my listeners to find the episode. Uh, someone has created a site called torysaid.com. Search in their keywords um, uh, uranium right? And I broke down the whole uranium deal that has been going on for, for almost a century and how they bank on you not understanding what Iran's role is, how Iran came to play, what Russia's role in, uh, in all this is. And they pander on the fact that you're too busy and not paying attention to the details. And I broke that down for you in order to understand the dynamic when discussing uranium, when discussing nuclear capabilities. 
and what the issue is. So if you go to the search, you type in uranium, uh, the episode that has a lot of uranium words in it is the one you want to target. I walked you through the science of it. I walked you through details of the nations and the cycle of how uranium is done, which will be very important when uranium one comes to the table in 2022. Okay. So here's their first attempt to tie Russia to Iran. So presumably you'd agree that giving Iran satellite technology that might enable it to target U.S. servicemen and women in places like Iraq uh, or to share that information with Hezbollah or the Houthi in Yemen so they could target Israel and Saudi Arabia, that giving Iran that kind of uh, satellite technology would be dangerous. Look, why are we talking about problems that don't exist? There is no subject for a discussion. Somebody has invented something, has made something up. Maybe this is just a bogus in order to limit any kind of military and technical cooperation with Iran. I will say once again, this is just some fake information that I have no knowledge about. For the first time, I'm hearing about this information from you. We don't have this kind of intentions, and I'm not even sure that Iran is even able to accommodate this kind of technology. This is a separate subject, a very high-tech subject. Yes, indeed, we don't rule out that cooperation with many world nations and us is possible in space, but probably everybody knows very well our position in terms that we are categorically against space militarization altogether. We believe that space should be free from any and all kinds of weapons located in near-Earth orbits. That is why we don't have this kind of plans or any plans, especially concerning the transfer of technology up the level that you have just described. So let's move on to your summit with President Biden. The context for the summit is that he is meeting with the G7, a group that you used to belong to, uh, with NATO, with European uh, leaders. <laughs> President Biden has defined his first trip to Europe as, quote, about rallying the world's democracies. Uh, he views you as a leader of autocrats who is determined to undermine the liberal democratic order. Is that true? Okay, first of all, before we hear the dubbing, dude, his face tells you everything. Uh, you know what? Language, bo body language ghost. Totally can't wait to see this one. And his feet, as you can see, are constantly moving in the far shots. That's probably because they're new shoes. Just pointing that out. Well, I don't know. Somebody presents it from a certain perspective. Someone else looks at the development of the situation and at yours truly in a different manner. All of this is being offered to the public in a way that is found to be expedient for the ruling circles of a certain country. The fact that President Biden has been meeting up with his allies, there is nothing unusual about it. 
There is nothing unusual about a G7 meeting. We know what G7 is. I have been there on numerous occasions. I know what the values are in that forum. When people get together and discuss something, it's always good. It's better than not to get together and not to discuss. Because even in the context of G7, there are matters that require ongoing attention and consideration because there are differences, strange as it may seem, there may be differences in assessments of international events on the international arena and among themselves. Very well then, let them get together and discuss it. As far as NATO, I have said on many occasions, this is a Cold War relic. It's something that was born in the Cold War era. I'm not sure why it still continues to exist. There was a time and there was some talk that this organization would be transformed. Now it has been kind of forgotten. We presume that it is a military organization. It is an ally of the United States. Every once in a while it makes sense to meet up with your allies, although I can have an idea how the discussion goes along there. Clearly everything is decided by consensus, however, there is just one opinion that is correct, whereas the other opinions, all of the other opinions are not quite that correct, putting it in careful terms. Well, there we go, allies are getting together. What's so unusual about it? I don't see anything unusual about it. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of respect to the U.S. allies before a summit between the U.S. and Russian presidents take place. Probably it is being presented as desire to find out their opinion on the key issues of the current agenda, including those issues that President Biden and I will discuss. However, one of the biggest mistakes they made was removing Russia from the G8 summit. It used to be a G8, not a G7. Just remember that. I'm inclined to think that despite all of these niceties, the United States, as far as their relationship with Russia, will be promoting what they consider important and necessary for themselves, above all for themselves, for their economic and military interests. However, to hear what their allies have to say about that probably never hurts. This is a working procedure. Dude, he's really holding that straight face. Just for those of you watching, ding, he's like, whatever. What is this dude going to bring me now? You know he speaks English, so that's what's like. He speaks a lot of languages, actually. So look at him, death stare. Like, come on, I can't believe you just said that. And you know why he did it? He did it to annoy him that he's been booted off the G8 and they made it a G7. Like that he's sloppy seconds to meet with Biden after the G7 because nobody wants to talk to him. He did that on purpose and you can tell. So let's talk about uh, your uh, meeting uh, with President Biden, <clears throat> the summit that will happen after those meetings. Uh, President Biden asked you to meet with him. He didn't make any preconditions. Were you surprised? Yep. No, we have a bilateral relationship that... I should translate. <laughs> Why would I be surprised that he connected to me to try to cover up the Moscow dealings that he and his son did? I mean, that sounds so dumb. Of course he was going to call me because he's worried about what I have to say. End quote has deteriorated to what is the lowest point in recent years. However, there are matters that need a certain amount of comparing notes and identification and uh, determination of mutual positions so that matters that are of mutual interest 
can be dealt with in an efficient and effective way in the interests of both the United States and Russia. So, so no, I'm not surprised he called me because I have a lot of leverage on him because I know what he's done. Remember everything they did in Ukraine and Kazakhstan, I documented. I have people and eyes everywhere. This is my geographical domain. So, no, I'm not worried about it at all. And no, I wasn't surprised. Of course the bitch would come because I've got everything I need to make sure my shit's done. There is nothing unusual about it. In fact, despite this seemingly harsh rhetoric, we did expect those suggestions because the U.S. domestic political agenda made it impossible for us to restore the relationship at an acceptable level. This meeting should have taken place at some point. So President Biden launched this initiative. Prior to that, as you will know, he had supported the extension of the START treaty, which of course was bound to meet with support from our side, because we believe that this is a treaty in the area of containment of strategic offensive weapons. It has been worked through and thoroughly and meets our interests and meets the U.S. interests. So this offer could be expected. Will you go into the summit uh, agreeing uh, to begin uh, more arms control talks immediately after the summit? Because, as you mentioned, President Biden has extended New START by five years. Washington would like that to be the beginning, not the end of that conversation. We know what matters and what problems Americans want to discuss with us. We understand these questions, matters and problems. We are prepared for this joint work. We have certain, if not differences, then different understandings of what pace, at what pace and in what directions we need to be moving. We know what constitutes priorities for the U.S. side and Generally speaking, this is a process that needs to be advanced at the professional level along the lines of the foreign ministry and defense ministry on the Russian side and Pentagon and the State Department on the U.S. side. We are prepared for this work. We've heard signals that the U.S. side would like to see these negotiations resumed at this of professionals. We will see if this has been created following the summit. Of course, we're not saying no. We are prepared to do this work. President Biden wants predictability and stability. Is that what you want? <laughs> well, these are the most important things. This is the most important thing. This is the most important value, if you will, in international affairs. Sorry to interrupt you, but he would say that you have caused a lot of instability uh -huh. and unpredictability. He's got his balls in a purse now, so. Well, he says one thing, I say another thing, but maybe at some point, in certain ways, our rhetoric varies and is different, but if you ask my opinion now, I'm telling you what it is. The most important value in international affairs is predictability and stability. And I believe that on the part of uh, our U.S. partners, this is something that we haven't seen in recent years. What kind of stability and predictability could there be if we remember the 2011 events in Libya, 
where the country was essentially taken apart, broken down. What kind of stability and predictability were there? There has been talk of a continued presence of troops in Afghanistan, and then all of a sudden, boom, the troops are being withdrawn from Afghanistan. What, is this predictability and the stability again? Now, the Middle East events, is this predictability and stability? What all of this will lead to, or in Syria? What is stable and predictable about this? I've asked my U.S. counterparts, you want Assad to leave? Who will replace him? What will happen when somebody replaces him? The answer is odd. The answer is, I don't know. Well, if you don't know what will happen next, why change what there is? It could be a second Libya or another Afghanistan. Do we want this? No. Let us sit down together talk, look for compromise solutions that are acceptable for all the parties. But no, that would that mean that they're how... doing it for a good reason, you see. He's telling you exactly what it is. You want to talk stability? Let's talk stability. Libya, they maimed it. Look what happened. Libya created their own leader, Haftar, and then they looked up to the UN to give that little city, Tripoli, supposedly is backed only by the UN, by the way, as the legitimate government. This is what they want to do to Syria? We're going to let them do that? He's so right in what he's saying. NBC is getting so uncomfortable. They were hoping that that would dovetail. Well, Trump was unpredictable. Biden's predictable. That's not a good thing, but... Stability is achieved. It cannot be achieved by imposing one particular point of view, the quote-unquote correct point of view, whereby all the other ones are incorrect. That is not how stability is achieved. Let's... Get to some of those issues. Um, I want to just talk a little bit more yes, about please. your relationship with President Biden. Um, this will not be the Helsinki summit. Uh, President Biden is, is not President Trump. Uh, you once described President Trump as a bright person, talented. How would you describe President Biden? Uh, see where they're going. It's not going to be Helsinki. Well, let me tell you what really went on during this meeting. So a friend of mine who works for the foreign press and is part of the foreign press pool, foreign press pool, said that they actually weren't allowed to be there during the conversation. They were tearing each other's eyes out. They were clawing. And the Biden administration only allowed his own selected U.S. White House pool people to be in there after they were fighting. I'm going to show you a video that shows just a little bit clip of that. But what's interesting is, is that they didn't allow the press in there. They held them at bay. The question one should be asking is, Putin's sitting down with our press. When's Biden going to sit down with actual Russian press? Why not sit down with the Russian press? Like real Russian press. Huh? When is he going to sit down? Because our, our president, President Trump, he'll sit down with foreign press, right? But will Biden? Well, even now, I believe that former U.S. President Mr. Trump is an extraordinary individual, talented individual. Otherwise, he would not have become a U.S. president. He's a colorful individual, and you may like him or not. And he didn't come, of course, from the U.S. establishment. He had not been part of big-time politics before. And uh, some like it, some don't like it, but that is a fact. President Biden, of course, is radically different from Trump.
because President Biden is a career man. He has spent virtually his entire adulthood in politics. He has been doing it for a great deal of years, and I have already said that, and that is an obvious fact. Just think of the number of years he spent in the Senate and how many years he was involved in matters of uh, international politics and disarmament virtually at the expert level. That is a different kind of person, and it is my great hope that, yes, there are some advantages, some disadvantages, but there will not be any knee-jerk reactions on behalf of the sitting U.S. president, and that we will be able to comply with certain rules of engagement, certain rules of communications, and we'll be able to find points of contact and uh, common points. <laughs> Biden was called out by freaking Putin on TV. He was called the fuck out. He said, well, he's establishment, you know. He's like been in there for a while, you know. There won't be any knee jerking. And there he is smirking because he's got everything he needs on Biden to hold his balls in a vice. So um, there you go. I mean, even Putin said, and then they're going to say, well, Putin liked him. No, Putin made it clear. Biden is establishment. He's been in there 47 years and did fuck all. As vice president, all he did was fill his coffers, especially after 2012 when Obama took his money and gave it to Romney. So Romney throws the election. Okay? Let's be honest. So there we go. That's uh, about it. And what will actually happen, we will need to live and see based on the actual practical policies and results thereof. Well, President Biden says, uh, one time when you met, you were inches away from each other, close to each other. And Careful. He said, President Biden said. Listen to how Putin responds to a lie. He said to you, I'm looking in your eyes and I can't see a soul. And you said, we understand each other. Do you remember that exchange? As far as soul, I'm not sure. One has to think about what soul is. But I do not remember this particular part of our conversations, to be honest with you. I do not remember. Now, I want you to listen to what you have to think about what the soul means. We all, when we meet, when we get together, when we talk, when we work, we strive and achieve for some solutions, we all proceed from the interests of our nations and our states, and this is fundamental and is the bedrock of all our actions and intentions. And this is the driving force and the motive for organizing meetings of this kind. And as far as soul goes, that's something for the church. Yeah, you're a religious man. President Biden is saying he told you to your face, you don't have a soul. <laughs> I do not remember this. Dude, he was like, I just told you I don't remember it because that's a freaking lie. But you want me to say that he's a liar? He says it was about, it was 10 years Maybe ago. there's something ago, wrong with my memory. Well, he probably has a good memory. I, I do not rule this out, but I don't remember this. Generally, in personal encounters, people try to act appropriately. I do not remember any inappropriate elements of behavior on the part of my counterparts. 
<laughs> he said, well, you know, he obviously has a good memory. Motherfucker can't tie his shoe, let alone remember coming face to face. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that anything like that has happened. I needed that that sound bit that goes finish him. Right. Would you have felt that was an inappropriate thing to say? Okay, here's he going. He's going for the soundbite. He's like, would you have felt, would you have felt that that's an inappropriate thing to say? And he's like, are, are, is he kidding me? He wants to get a soundbite on me? Like, come on. Are you freaking serious? And this is what they do. Look at it. Well, that depends on the context. It depends on what form they're set in. You know, one can say it in different ways. It can be presented in different ways, but generally people meet up in order to establish a relationship and create an environment and conditions for joint work with a view to achieving some kind of positive results. If one is going to have a fight with somebody else, why bother and have a meeting to begin with? One is better off looking into budget and social policies domestically. We have many issues that we have to resolve. What's the point then? It's just a waste of time. See, you can't you can't turn tricks to a hooker. You see what I'm saying? It's like you trying to, you know, turn tricks. Did he just try to turn a trick to a hooker? He tried to tell Putin, walk into the trap, say, well, if he would have told me something, I would have said. He didn't even touch it. He was like, let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about this. Look at the way they go for sound bites. Now, another thing I wanted to tell you was this morning when I was looking at all this Putin stuff, um, after my phone call, I saw that they're trying to make fucking Biden look like he's like strong like ox. My ass you are. You are a walking vagina. Okay. You crossed your legs. You didn't have anything to say and you couldn't adhere and, and keep to the conversation. The discussions on what Putin has on him is when they didn't allow the press to be in there. So I will share the link to this amazing interview. I hope Somebody archives it because I'm pretty sure it's going to go poof, go away. I just shared it in Telegram. Please take a look at it. It's an hour long. We're not going to go through the whole thing. What I did want to show is live um, snippets. Uh, where is it? Watch live where I stopped it. So you can see exactly how uh, these things um, pan out, like how they how they work the system and how they try to give you the story that's not really there. Um, here it is. All right. So I started it from here. Um, let me show you. So this is the important part. I want you to pay attention to the video. I would point out that that's not unique, right? So the United, the, the West and the United States in particular, uh, for so what you're seeing is Biden's the, on, the you know, the cars War, approaching uh, engaged in prisoner swaps, to, some of them public, this some is of them so private. stupid and bullshit with anyway. the then Soviet Union. So are. there's a long tradition of doing this. What we have to guard against, though, is rewarding bad behavior. We don't want kingdom. Uh, and it would be a, a gesture. Here's but Biden. I just want to point out that we're seeing President Biden right now leaving. Wait, no, we need to go back. Damn it. Did I go that far? I wanted to show this part. 
There we go. I went too far. Here we go. A shift in foreign policy between uh, this current administration and the last administration. And so, uh, you, you know, you're really going to be charting the course, sort of laying the, that the Secret Service guy so to can't run to save his life. We're going to be <laughs> interacting with each other for the next few years. And we're looking at a live shot there outside the Via Lagrange where we're hearing the summit has actually just ended. So we're keeping this live shot up because we're waiting to see. When President oh, Biden is going to leave, Already? he's expected to go to a holding room for a little while before the two leaders then hold their separate press conferences. And, and Avery, stress on separate there. Normally after a gathering like this, we would hear from both leaders side by side, summing up how the meeting went. This time around, it's not going to happen. We're going to hear first from Russian President Vladimir Putin and then separately from President Joe Biden. How significant is that? Right. I mean, everything about this meeting has been carefully choreographed. And so uh, we're going to see uh, Putin come out and, and speak to the press and give his take on how uh, everything happened first. And then uh, President Joe Biden is going to be able to come out and, and give his account uh, of what went on during this meeting. And, and that's uh, for a, a very specific reason. Uh, the White House wants to be able to craft its narrative on what happened behind closed doors without any distraction, without uh, replaying what happened in 2018 uh, between between Trump and, and Putin. Yeah. Yeah, but so he did a, have a, a secret meeting with Putin, yet they made it all about just Trump had a secret meeting with Putin. No, 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 no. Biden did. And they're in separate places giving conferences because Putin's like, I have everything I need on you, bitch. And you're fucking with with me with this whole Nord Stream shit. And it's going to all come to the surface. You do what I say. You be my bitch or this goes out. And it's like, you know, Vlad, you don't really have to do it because we already have everything we need to clear, a very direct move uh, in order to ensure that the White House can kind of control what the narrative is, the narrative is that comes out of this meeting. And this all comes on the heels of President Biden's European trip. He met with the G7 allies. He met with NATO allies before going into this meeting. So how much does he have to weigh the interests of those allies? <laughs> okay, I freeze framed it. You see Joe Biden sitting all manly cross-legged. Uh, and I'm not against men cross-legged, but he doesn't look very manly. And then we have Putin mansplaining, right? Manspreading, right? Talking. And Biden looks like he has no idea what he's saying. He's like, I know I have to smile though. Hey, smiling. Hey, look at the interaction. That's what matters here. Look at the interaction. Along with the interests of the American people. Right. Listen, the, the president came uh, to this meeting and came, you know, went overseas and, and spoke about how uh, the, the U.S. is back. The U.S. is back no, on the world not. stage. You, you saw a lot of world leaders uh, you know, reiterate that sort of sentiment. Uh, and, and Biden is about working together. Look at her stupid books. Like, this is the type of people we listen to. Let's fast forward. Next. Let's listen to the porn stash guy a little bit. So this is the first time this, you know, summits between Russian leaders and U.S. leaders are not new. But this is the first time that we've really seen cybersecurity at the heart of these talks. So how is the U.S. supposed to get anywhere on that issue if President Putin refuses to acknowledge that Russia is involved in these cyber attacks to begin with? We already heard Russian President Vladimir Putin saying that that's nonsense. So how does Joe Biden... Oh, we need to make Russia the enemy again. We need that common enemy to go under that banner. Remember the rules of engagement, the whole let's make a common enemy and a false flag. You got caught doing your stupid fucking coastal pipeline funneling of money. I want you guys to see the body language in this for a second. Let me just fast forward. I mean, I can't even bother listening to these people. Hold on. 
hold on, where is it? It's where they're walking in and they shake hands and then they walk in and Putin's like, yeah, okay, here we go. Here we go. And they're walking in. Okay. Check this out. Look at what Putin does. Sorry, because he wants to emphasize that, you know, Russia's a country that can do business with anyone. And he says, so our American partners agreed, or we can find this in, in, uh, in this area. There are still arms talks uh, underway and things like that. Uh, Syria is an issue of, of a potential common interest as is Iran. Look at Putin's hand. Okay, first of all, he had the dominant handshake. Second of all, Joe was smiling. God knows where he was looking. Um, Vlad was totally engaged. And look at him. Okay. On, and I think you'll hear a, a very formal and lawyerly presentation on that. When challenged. Wow. Joe Biden looks creepy as shit in this picture, um, in this freeze frame. For some reason, they're trying to make him look like he's um, very on top of things. I want to share this breaking news, you know, da da da. Biden Putin photo op gets photo op gets awkward. Yeah, it is because you've got Tony Blinken who's all over fucking Hunter Biden's laptop talking shit in the room with Putin. Putin's seen all of it. All of it. Hunter's lost his phone a lot of times, okay? Doesn't take much to hack someone's iCloud after that. So I want you guys to just pay, look at them. They're man-spreading. We've got sissies on this side. Okay, I want you guys to listen to the media fighting. This is where they were selecting what media is allowed. This is Tony Blinken right here. He's all over the Hunter Biden laptop. Look at the way Putin's looking at him. And he's like, what the hell? They're not letting the media in. What the hell is going on here? He's looking all lost and shit. And he's giving direction on who they're going to allow inside because the media is fighting. Listen to what the media is saying. Can you move? Can you move? Because we're taking a shot. I can't do this. Look at Joe. He's like smiling and trying to look stoic and shit. He looks creepy AF. Like, I don't know what's going on or who gave him the idea that that's how you're posing and laughing. Putin's like, totally over it. He's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is so weird. Look at him. 
look at their body language, but I also want you to listen to the press. That's why I have it on full so you can listen to their conversations because this is going to disappear. Yes, it's over. It's over. Yes, 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 it's over will be productive, uh, but you could see uh, various uh, lines of uh, photographers, uh, camera people, uh, reporters uh, were allowed to go through, take various pictures of these leaders together with the Secretary of State of the United States and the Foreign Minister of Russia. Uh, but uh, Clarissa, I don't, I don't know if you got I, anything out of that. Uh, I, I did see it, the face of Putin. He looked very stern. Stern? I thought he almost looked sullen. Uh, it was extraordinary. There was no congeniality, not that we expected them to be hugging it out, but neither side was talking to the other. They were both sitting there, Putin slightly like this, um, very stern. And it was very uncomfortable, frankly, basic silence and very uncomfortable in silence. You guys weren't even allowed in there. You weren't allowing press in there. No, 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 no. He's got Joe Biden's balls in a vice right now. And we've got everything we need on Hunter. So this is the way it is, period. What's this here? Is this Joe? Did he really give us just like four minutes? Oh my gosh. Did he take off his jacket too? Shut the fuck up. Okay, we need to watch this because this was live just a little bit ago. Let's see. Wow. Wait, hold on. Let me just see something. Okay. You guys ready for this? All right. We're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to watch him speak after the meeting. We need to see Putin's speech, but, um, that'll be more truthful, but here we go. Um, he's doing it outside. That's interesting in this box thing. All right, let's go. <laughs> I know it was easy getting into the, uh, the pre-meeting, there was no problem getting through those doors, was it? Was there? Anyway, hello, everyone. Oh, did he just, like, tell everyone, right? It was really easy coming into the pre-meeting, right? There were no problems getting through those doors, right? I'm reminding you, shut the fuck up. Uh, well, I've just finished the, uh, the last meeting of this week's long trip, uh, the U.S.-Russian summit. And I know there were a lot of hype around this meeting, but it's pretty straightforward to me, the meeting. One, there's no substitute, as those of you who have covered me for a while know, for face-to-face -face dialogue between leaders. None. And President Putin and I had a uh, share unique responsibility to manage the relationship between two powerful and proud countries. A relationship that uh, has to be stable and predictable. And it should be able to, we should be able to cooperate where it's in our mutual interest. And where we have differences, I want a President Putin to understand why I say what I say and why I do what I do. 
and how we'll respond to specific, to specific kinds of actions that harm America's interest. All right, so you can watch the rest of it. Very well orchestrated. Hate me now, love me later. So, uh, guys, uh, you know, months ago when I was telling people that it wasn't Antifa that penetrated uh, the uh, January 6th, the reason I went down there, I told you this actually in November and December and in October and in September, <laughs> who was really orchestrating what? You'll see it was us. It was, uh, and I don't want to say us like you and I, us, but the people that you follow. And the people that people followed, people like the Akbars and the and the weird, you know, Petras. But, you know, you're going to see it. And it's going to come out because, like I tell everyone, I trust Ray. And the rays of light that I've been saying for weeks now, putting it in my articles, are going to be coming to fruition. I have been publishing FBI and CIA agents for a very long time that have been part of that infiltration. I have been pointing it out. I helped uh, all of us understand, because just like I, I wanted to understand how is it possible that with people resonating on such higher frequencies and more susceptible to understanding truth and information, they didn't see it. How was it that, you know, I told you guys, don't go to any of the rallies. Like I got so much heat from a lot of people on my team and I was like, don't, 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 don't. And even for the Patriots day, I wasn't going to go until the president said go. So I had to. Right. And while I was there, all I did was see how it happened, who infiltrated. Now we've got motherfuckers posting damn pictures of inside dealings within the hotel and meetings. And it was the same fucking people that I told them in November. Do not let them close to you. How many times do I have to be right? And yet they still bite their tongue. They're coming after our president. And there's one article and I'm going to post it. It was posted on Lumerd when they purged my shit. She was running for Congress and that was purged too. I need to find that article so bad because it had so many Easter eggs out of all of them. That's the one that's been scrubbed and I will share it on telegram. If you guys can find it, it has to do with Yovanovitch. Um, it's really, really important that I have that only because they're trying to create that narrative. And you know what? I'm going to have to make a phone call <laughs> to a team member and say, Oh, guess what? Remember about this person? No, told you so. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be on a personal note, but it turns out that everyone pulls their own pants down. And right now you're seeing a scramble from the supposed alleged wannabe in influencers. You don't influence shit because you're shit. You've done a disservice to the people and I will make sure, I will make sure. And huh, remember, huh, all you have to do is say those magic words to know your place. And that is where I just put my foot down. So. I want you to know that since you have so brazenly 
decided to pretend to ignore, your bots will be deleted and you will be left with absolutely nothing. The more you try to silence the truth, the more the people will come at you. You can silence them once, you can silence them twice, but they will be on every single news channel, text, telegram, Twitter, holes, wherever you are, they will come and they will remind you that you are nothing but a grifter and a poser. And they will remind you again and again and again and again. And that's the way it's going to be. Because when I said years ago that they won't be able to walk the streets without getting tomatoes and shit thrown at them, I wasn't just referring to the left because you can see those fuckers coming. I was referring to you. And that is a fact. The people will never forgive you for what you've done. And the more you fight it, the more you resist, the more it's going to hit you harder. So you either sit back and eat some crow and humble pie and shut the fuck up and let the real facts and truth come out. Or you can be the first one that they'll go scorched earth on. That is fact. Because (laughs) collusion, 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 dirty, 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 dirty. It's the way it is. And... Ah, you know what? I can't play that. But money is exactly what you want, right? Mm, right? Let me find a right outro song for you guys. Um, It's basically your kryptonite. That's what it is. Well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body laying somewhere in the sands of time. But I watched the world flow to the dark side of the moon. I fear there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I watch the world flow to the dark side of the moon After all I knew it had to be something to do with you I really don't mind what happens now and then